You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. Yes, back after two weeks uh, and today we're going to be continuing our Stephen King retrospective and of course this week, as we said a couple of weeks ago, we are going to tackle the very good book and at times laughable adaptation, Pet Cemetery. Just a quick spoiler warning, we're going to spoil all of Pet Cemetery. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, come back, listen to this. Uh, today I'm joined by our very own, and John, you'll appreciate this because last week we did Cujo and Tad. Okay. Tad was a uh, annoying child, but this is a very whiny uh, child, an annoying child as well. Ellie, Emma, yes, you remind me of her so much. Hi. Mm. And of course, her beloved, mangled, reanimated, decomposing, <laughs> foul, stenching pet church, or as we call him, John. And to be fair, mate, uh, I saw a lot of similarities in personality with you and church. Hello. Yeah, that's just how church sounds. Um, so he does smell funny. He, he the odor is you know pungent. Um, first of all, before we jump in to the review, uh, there's a few pieces or one piece of Castle Rock news, and that's just to reiterate that the show is out in digital release now. Right now, it came out on October 15th. So if you're a Stephen King fan listening to this um, and you've seen it promoed on one of the Stephen King uh, Facebook pages or Reddit and you haven't seen Castle Rock yet and a lot of people were talking to us before uh, the season came out on those threads saying, you know, they don't want to pay for Hulu. It's an unnecessary expense just for one show. This is the perfect opportunity to purchase the show, watch it, uh, 10 episodes. I think you get some bonus content as well. And then... By doing that, you can listen to the podcast afterwards, obviously, episode by episode, if you like. So it's out now on digital release. All right, let's let's uh, let's kick off this review uh, of Pet Cemetery. I'm going to start it like I started last week's review of Cujo. And if you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out because Cujo is hilarious. Um, <laughs> we had a very good time with that one. Uh, but the way I started that one off is I, I gave a Rotten uh, Tomatoes synopsis review of uh, of the film and this is uh, pet cemetery's one pet cemetery is a bruising horror flick that wears its quirks on its sleeves to the detriment of its scare factor i completely disagree with that review um but we'll we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit um <laughs> why have you used that one then uh, just because i don't know what they're thinking saying that john I, I don't know what they're thinking saying that i'd like to know what bruising is in this context yeah what is bruising about this film i mean it, it, lacks any sort of scares well there is a kid that gets run over I mean that's quite raw you don't see it though do you no I just think it's a weird word to use well you want to see the kids get absolutely mangled by a lorry absolutely not because it is described in described in great detail interestingly Stephen King wrote the screenplay for this film 
So Ooh. keep that in mind whilst we chat about it, because some of it is ridiculous. Emma, as you've just said about the book, uh, you've read the book and you've seen the film. I read the book a long time ago and I'm currently on my reread, haven't been able to get all the way through it yet. But what are your thoughts on uh, Pet Cemetery, the film? And then you can also give a score for the book. And can you give us a, a blueberry score? And for anyone listening for the first time, we rate everything out of uh, zero to five blueberries, five being the best, zero being the worst, and there can be no halves. Emma, go. Um, so film-wise, I remember seeing this when I was quite young and uh, Pet Cemetery scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid. So I, I was quite uh, hesitant about re-watching it at my age. Mm. A- adult, very adult. Um, <laughs> but luckily I got to watch it with John and at one point I did grab his arm in terror. Oh. Yeah. You, oh. He oh. grabs me a lot in the cinema as well. I just want to say that. Like Star Wars. Well, I grab your leg. You do. Yeah, I grabbed his arm. Well, safety. There you go. Yeah, safe, safe, safe zone. That, well, you hope so. You never know with John. Yeah. And ironically, also, this came out. The film came out the year I was born. <laughs> okay. Right. The scandal or the film? Yeah, the, the, the film. Film. Um, I, but I did enjoy it actually. I enjoyed it more on an adult rewatch. Um, it Ew. was slightly less terrifying, but it did still a bit jumpy in a few places. Well, I've got well, the one thing I dislike in horror is um, like possessed or evil children. Mm, so for me. That's fair. Bad film, um, in that respect. Mm. Blueberries, blueberries, you please. Want my yes, I would love them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have them. Um, I give Pet Cemetery the film three blueberries actually because I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a good laugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not meant to be a comedy, but that's interesting. Um, however, I don't think it is as good as the book. Um, and I don't think it, it's quite as faithful, which was odd when I then realised that Stephen King had written the screenplay and I wondered if Madness. he'd gone back and changed it. So the, the book was amazing um, and very similar to the whole uh, Cujo scoring from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'd give the book four out of five. Yeah. Um, it is less ridiculous mm. than the film. Mm. Actually, I'm going to change my score. The film gets a two. <laughs> Sorry. On the fly. Why are you doing that? Change. No, because she, she's I, thought about things. I thought about it in more detail and actually in comparison Never to the let book. Never think. If the book gets a four, film gets a two. Um, that makes it, sense. The, the book is terrifying um, and it's really, it's much more protracted, the, the storyline, which means that you get more opportunity to be freaked out by stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that I will talk about as we go through the review that yeah. is missing in the film from the book yeah. that has that and it. And the sort of causality behind why... Uh, these things are happening is also missed out in the film pretty much. It's just, oh, it's an ancient Indian burial ground. Yeah. But we'll come on to that. We'll come on to all that sort of detail <laughs> in a minute. Um, John... The ground gone <laughs> <laughs> <That> ground gone <gonsar. laughs> Some say dead is better. No, uh, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, John, you are a man who is hard to please. Recently, the scores you've been dishing out have ranged from a two, a one, and a two. Uh, no- <laughs> no- nothing has achieved a three, and I can pretty much safely say that this isn't going to reach that marker. Um, can you please give us uh, your review, mate? Yeah, cool. So it's uh, it's a free blueberries out of five. Oh, you joking? No, I'm not joking. Right, okay. This is this is why you should not be in charge <laughs> of any of this. Right. Okay. Well, why? Why are you annoyed with that? I just figure that you know you give some uh, you give some harsh scores out. You, you know, you gave the Queen episode seven of Castle Rock, the Queen, which is arguably a great episode. Three fucking blueberries, and you've given this three blueberries. It's, it's just a, okay, but it's all about context, isn't it? Oh, I guess so. But the, you know, but let's continue with your review. Okay. So uh, this is I, I this is one of my favourite eighties comedies. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, look, if we're talking about, oh, you know, rank it uh, in terms of how scary it is, then yeah, I mean, it's a zero blueberries out of five. But yeah. We're, but we're not saying that. We're, well, no, you can get a zero. I mean, nothing ever has. But nothing ever has. It's just hilarious. Uh, uh, this for me, um, right? So uh, picture the scene. Yeah. Kid gets run over. Yeah. And I, again, I, even watching it with with you, Emma, uh, your face when it happens was like, oh, I forgot that happened. And the next scene is the dad on his knees. Just going, no! Like, so one of the most disturbing scenes followed by uh, just absolute gutter acting. This guy, Um, I'll come on to him in a minute. Fucking hilarious. I'm going to come on to this guy in a minute, mate, because I'm going to tee off. I'm going to tee off. This is the classic, so bad it's good. Yeah. Um, And it's really bad. Yeah. uh, Which pushes it up to really good. Yeah. And I think Cujo last week suffered from the fact that it was on the cusp of actually being decent, like Mm. as in good, but it just failed and it didn't hit the sort of terrible levels enough to be hilarious. So I can understand your reasoning there, John, to an extent. I still think it's absolutely ludicrous. Mm. Um, Now I'll go next. So uh, as I said, read it before ages ago. Seen it a couple of times ages ago. Rewatched it very recently, obviously, for this. Now, I remember it being quite a horrific story. I watched it when I was younger as well, Em, and, and I remember it being quite horrific. And, you know, the material that could have been adapted um, with stuff like the Wendigo, which we'll come on to in the main body of the of yeah. the review, um, it's quite scary. And but the film, as I best can describe it, is an absolute joke. Uh, this guy, this, this, the acting and the dialogue. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I said saw that Stephen King was the adapted screenplay like writer. Was this during his drinking phase? Oh, I, don't, I have because no idea. Because a lot idea. of weird shit happened during that. Well, he admits that himself. Yeah, I, that's fair play. But like the, the, the even just the acting and the directing, the main actor <laughs> uh, playing Lewis Dale Midkiff or whatever you call him, he must be. The worst actor I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> oh, my God. You just honestly, the delivery of some of his lines, he looks confused constantly. Like, I don't understand his delivery. I don't understand his motivations. He is awful. He's got good hair, though. Well, you know, he's, he's a heart. In the, in the 80s, he's probably a very good heartthrob. So mm. I can understand some of the casting. Yeah. Um, but Judd, he's a good character. He's my favourite. Um, more so because he's very well characterised in an episode of South Park or two. Brilliant. Uh, and and that made this, ep- this made the film, for me, better because I was thinking about the brilliant um, parody that South Park did of him, yeah. uh, which was excellent. The end is very disturbing. It is a disturbing ending to the to the, to the film uh, when you aren't laughing through the middle of it. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a two blueberries. Um, <laughs> I'm also stuck in the rut of giving things low scores at the moment, but that's because... Just so negative. Well, you know, for a man that is the hype man, I'm actually... I, I think we've swapped places, if anything. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to give the book a four. I remember it being good, and I'm halfway through it right now, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I, I, I can see elements of the book in in this film but you know it just feels to me corny and uh, like you said john so bad it's funny and look i had a good time watching it i'm not saying i had a bad time watching mm. it because i i even messaged you guys like midway through it like going this what is, is this? this is <laughs> hilarious your words were you didn't tell me this was a comedy yeah and i was just i was in hysterics with some of it and that to be fair you know that is enjoyable at times now, you know i'm gonna say something so in the last few weeks i've read cujo and yeah, now I've read book. Pet Cemetery, right? Both yeah. great books. What I have discovered is that Stephen King has a bit of a thing uh, about two two things. One, killing children. Cock, the other? 
Uh, no, sex. Oh, right, okay. So I don't know if you've got to this bit yet in the book, which I probably didn't pick up the first time I read it. These quite weird, detailed sex scenes. Raunchy. It, not raunchy, just weird. Weird raunchy. Mm. I entered her hard and erect. It, it was a line that but she you was can't, more you can't than... Can't, you can't, film. And you can't do it any other way, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, no, you could. But, but I, it wasn't necessary to have that. Mm. It, it was so... That particular scene... Um, uh, no, actually, there was one. Just after Vit, um, Victor Pascal dies, hmm. he comes home. Jesus. And Rachel, like, meets him at the door in a negligee, takes much of the bath, has sex with him in there, and then they have more sex to get him over the trauma of a, a student dying on his floor. Well, grief can uh, <laughs> can can hit people hard, you know. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and on but that anyway, note... Anyway, yeah, sex yes, and killing kids. Yes. <laughs> now all time for our review, our main bulk review of Pet Cemetery. But before we do that, a quick advert. Yeah. Hello, yes, sorry, it's advert time, but we have some really, really good things coming up that we want to make you fully aware of. Firstly, if you watch The Walking Dead, then look no further for a fun, honest take on season nine. Um, Let's face it, season eight was a disaster. You might have given up on the show. We've had people contact us saying that they've given up on the show. Uh, Season nine is is a slight improvement, and I think it's going in the right direction, and we have a lot of fun with that podcast. So just search Fan Critical on any podcast app, Spotify or Stitcher, and have a listen to that. Also, that's where all of our main content is, so... Just go check that out. It's got everything on we've ever done on there, so it's really good. We also have a podcast on the new Halloween film Hello. coming out just in time for Halloween, uh, and we're hoping that'll be good. So that's it on the Fan Critical channel once again, Fan Critical. And on top of that, this Sunday, the twenty first of October, we are doing a live Halloween trick or treat exchange with Castle Rock Historical Society at one p.m. Eastern time, six p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Hey. Uh, so what we've done for that, and this is you know it's quite funny we've sent each other candy uh, yeah or sweets as we call it here in the uk to each other and we're going to be eating them live whilst we talk about you know this sounds weird but try to stick with me we're going to be eating them live whilst talking about you know horror films for halloween you know what's our favorite horror films a bit of castle rock news and a bit of discussion you know after we've sat on the finale of castle rock for a while so it's going to be a really good fun chat and you can see what interesting sweets we have either here in the uk or what candies there are in the US. Um, so there'll be more details on that on our social channels in the next few days. But if you're free on Sunday at 1pm Eastern or 6pm Greenwich Mean Time, please do come and join the live hangout. It'll be a lot of fun and there'll be a live chat where you can get involved. Other than that, uh, let's get into the review of Pet Cemetery because uh, John is chomping at the bit. So I think the way we're going to do this is similar to Cujo. We're going to talk vaguely about the story in sort of chronological order and then we're going to jump in and, uh, you know discuss book differences as and when we go. So there's no King Corner in these things. King Corner has been seamlessly integrated into the the actual review. So let's start off with the Creed family. Uh, Lewis, Rachel and their children, Ellie and Gage, move from Chicago to, uh, to Maine always in Maine, don't forget, Uh, after Lewis is offered a job as a doctor of the University of Maine. They befriend their elderly neighbour, Judd Crandall. Right now, uh, who takes him on an isolated pet cemetery? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we invited Judd. Yeah. Uh, who takes them to an isolated pet cemetery in the forest behind the Creed's new home? So let's talk about the Creed's. Let's start off with the, the, the you know the film versions of the Creed's. Awful, all of them. I mean, well, I mean, I'm oh, just. Okay. I, I mean, Gage is quite sweet. To be fair, he's quite cute. He's a cute kid. Well. But uh, Ellie does my nuts in. 
more so more so than tad Uh, i agree with len actually so in the book ellie although ironically my kindle version called her eileen for two chapters (laughs) bad typing they're our future sponsors in the book ellie quite cute and i felt really sorry for her in Mm. the film oh in the film little shit bag she's so annoying in the film Mm. oh that's stupid like that opening scene where she swings on the tires and she's like oh i've hurt my leg get a grip and she's horrible to gauge as all older siblings are to their younger siblings speaking speaking as one well yes channeling real life but she she was frustrating i know you didn't like tad last week in cujo john so I'm surprised that you got through this film without... Oh, he's a little wanker. I mean, let's not talk about him again. Let's not bring no, him up is. again. He is. You don't like him, do you? The Brits say the word wanker. We do, yes. So, there you go. Yeah, we do, we do, yeah. For anyone listening, that is a swear word that we commonly use, and it can be affectionate <laughs> or uh, derogatory. So, um... I call John a wanker all the time, and he's, he's fine with it. Uh, you're a top-class wanker. You're a top-class wanker. <laughs> Let's think about uh, Lewis and Rachel. Now, in the book, Rachel is extremely annoying, corrects Emma. She drove me slightly insane for the first per- portion of this, uh, of the book. She's... No, I disagree. In the book, I didn't find her irritating at all. I didn't like her. I don't like her. I hate her in the film. Okay, go go, go for a film. <laughs> go for a film reason. In fact, I'm going to bring John in on this, because, John, talk to me about Rachel. Well, what's, she, what's your problem with her? Me? No, Emma, sorry. What's my problem with her? Yeah. You want to open that can of worms? No, um, in the book, she's less whiny. In the film, she's just a bit wet. And I think that in in the book, no, not in a sexy way, in a pathetic way. Right. In the book, because you've got a lot more storytelling, she doesn't come across quite so weak and... So in the book, I quite liked her character, whereas in the film, she's just like... And that, we'll get onto it, but the whole thing with her sister, that was just mm. stupid. Um, Zelda. Which is a real part of the book, but the way mm. they yeah. characterise it. Anyway, uh, but in the film, I just felt like she was just a bit useless. Um, uh, I, I is think, that harsh? I think the relationship between Lewis and Rachel seems extremely bizarre in the film. Um, Lewis, you know, for one, is a strange fellow. I don't understand this guy, John. I don't get him. I can't. I can't read his emotions. <laughs> I like him. I don't know what's going on. I. But he's garbage, isn't he? He's pure garbage. But not the character. No, the like, character. The actor I, is ridiculous. Like, yeah. uh, When you see him as a doctor, yeah. he comes across like a smarmy doctor, fucking, soap opera doctor. Well, no, but like Joey and Friends. Exactly. Yeah. Drake Ramora. Yeah. Days of Our like, Lives. Yeah. It's 100%. just awful. He is shit. I quite like um, him. What do you mean? What's a doctor? I think she fancies him, John. Well, okay, fine. But, you know, you don't have to go, oh, I liked it because... Uh, Swoon. Is... Swooning. Yeah, one time I did pay for the actor to hug me and kiss me, so boyfriend, didn't it? Oh, not again. <laughs> Told you that solicitation. That yeah. is not fan... fan yeah. Stop going to conventions and hounding these people. Loves it. Can't Loves get acting gigs anymore. So. Um, but yeah, he's a joke, and uh, but the character in the book is quite interesting and a little bit more complicated, I think. And, you know, here he's trying to play complicated, and it comes across as genuinely confused. Like he, like the director's, told, oh, this is your line, and he's 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 literally thinking about it as he says it every time. Everything he says, there's long pauses. There's his, and at the end of the day, I was looking forward to his lines because they were making me chuckle. So yeah, that bastard. that's always good. Mm. Um, I've not seen him in anything else. Um, Obviously not. The, the important thing about this is that there's trucks that go by the house, loads of them, constantly. I mean, I, why are you moving there? First yeah. of all, it, it'd be so frustrating. Sorry if you nice space though. Well, lovely, lovely space. I've got to ask though. Like, all right, so let's switch this around. John, you're married. 
So if you Spoiler were not even moving, absolutely bombshells. Sorry, uh, ladies and gents, and guys. Yeah, what's the point? You're, you're the house husband with smudge and basil cats, off. and you. What do you mean I'm a house husband? Just let, just I'm. Where is this going? Yeah. And you decide to move out of London. I'm not a house husband, by the way. I am a high flying. Well, you know, but I I'm a businessman. I'm asking you to imagine. Oh, right, okay, right. sorry, yeah. Imagine that you are a house husband, you just stay home and smudge and basil the cats <laughs> yep. all the time, right? And you want to move out of London, and so Michelle, Wouldn't your happen. wife, goes, yep. so I'll go and look at some houses and pick one, mm. and then you, she picks one, yep. and then two months later, you just get in the car and drive there and go, oh, yeah, cool, I like the one you picked. Would you ever let that happen? I don't know, like, if it was, like, a mansion. Yeah, but how would you know? This is the point. Like, what I don't get is how <laughs> this guy has just gone, yeah, I'm going to move you to Maine from Chicago, yep. and I'm just going to pick a house. No one gets to see it. You've not even seen a picture of it. I've not even oh, described but, it to you. Yeah, okay, but with the internet, you'd look it up on, like, Zoopla. Yeah, but not in 1989, you wouldn't, Good would point. You? Or, you know, some... Uh, okay, but, you know... Imagine you're living in the 80s. Can't wait for the remake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you'd look it up, you'd go, oh, that, that looks good. Like, they wouldn't put sour ground in the advert. Yeah. No, but they might put the next, next to major highway or, you know... <laughs> Something like that. Good connection. This is what they probably put. <laughs> you mess sellers, you. Um, yeah, but I look. I think it's a lovely house. Um, oh, very much. I think so. if you can look after your kids and stop letting the, the smallest one wander off, then you'd probably be all right. Put a gate up. Put a, put a gate. Put a gate. They've been around put for a years. Safe gate. They have been around for a while. Right, fair point. Um, so Judd, my, our boy, goes. Oh, I don't want to go down that road, that because. <laughs> Down there is the pet cemetery, right? So he takes. That's about him. a bad <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, so uh, he takes him down the older pet cemetery, uh, and it looks it looks very. Um, I think I just weaved myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. It looks uh, it looks like a little uh, little cemetery for pets, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And this doesn't uh, look like a cemetery. You, 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 you kind of, uh, I was kind of underwhelmed by the scale of the pet cemetery. I think in the book it, it, it's meant to be a lot bigger. Um, it's meant to be, you know, quite vast. It feels like an right. an, an alternate sort of realm. <laughs> Hundred percent. It's meant to feel like this other sort of space, like 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 we've uh, said in Castle Rock, Toadash space. It's meant to feel like a void, like a some sort of massive entity, and not just this little small collection of of graves. That's really interesting because the way it was portrayed in the film felt to me bigger than what I'd imagined when I read. That's the book, very that's very interesting. Which is odd uh, because mm. I imagined it quite small and a bit kind of. I was about to say I'm, I'm talking about the whole thing in wonky ge- donkey. donkey. I'm thinking about the, talking about the whole thing in general, but but it, for me, yeah, it, the rest it, of it, it, yeah, it just felt very fake, uh, which is fine because <laughs> it is fake. But once again, a bit of production values wouldn't have hurt at mm. all, considering yep. they saved so much money on the acting. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pay a lot for church, though. Um, so uh. they've all moved in. Seen the pet cemetery, church. The annoying cat is is Ellie's cat, and you know John is our church. On his first day at work, Lewis yeah. meets Vic, Victor Pasco. Well, he's, I say meets him. Um, he's a jogger, and he's brought in uh, with severe head injuries oh, uh, from a car accident. Um, so he doesn't really meet him. He's sort of dead when he gets there. Um, but as he's uh, sort of just given up on on Lewis, he didn't really try that hard anyway to save him. Probably there was no way to save him. Uh, l- l- you know, Victor 
uh, gets up and he starts talking to him about, you know, the ground, you know, the ground is sour. The ground is sour. The ground is sour. Don't go there. He even mentions Lewis by name and Lewis is like, what the fuck? You know, I don't understand how he, how do you know my name? And then he just dies. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So. How do you know my name? Why is he asking that? Why is it? That's not the question. Fucking hell, you were dead a second ago. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, but the most important thing is the recurring ghost of, of Victor Pascal in this film. Now, for me, it was silly. For me, for me, this is this is just silliness because I believe in the book. And I'm going to ask Emma this because I need clarification, but I don't remember him appearing that often, other than in the dream sequence that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, I think possibly once more. Um, this is partly the reason why I rated this film a two, um, because fuck me, the, the Victor Pascal is the most ridiculous piece of shit I've ever Ter- seen. Terrible in the actor as well. Because in, in the like book, him. he's. Well, you would, wouldn't you? He's a friendly ghost. Yeah, but he, not I don't Ka- know what he's, he's not Casper. Yeah, but it's not like that in the book. He turns up in a dream. He, he gives him a little bit of advice, and then that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. it's not some weird like. He felt like an extra in a zombie film, or like he couldn't believe his luck if he's an extra. <laughs> How many lines? He's getting more lines than anyone. Mm. Judd sitting there going, oh, "You know, I'm better in lines." Oh. It was just <laughs> unbelievably. <laughs> appalling um, but great comedy value it, well, yeah it was but very very silly. very different to the book and I felt like at times he came across as a bit of a kind of malevolent yes jokey weird spectre whereas in the book he's just very he's quite mute he only says a couple of words in the dream he was ju- he was too sarky he was too like taking the piss Jovial. out of him yeah he was like <laughs> he was like, like when she's trying to rush home and we'll come on to it later he's a bit like Oh, what about K nineteen? You know, like seat K nineteen and stuff like that to the air hostess. I was like, "What are you? This is just weird. This is weird." Um, you would like if you were a ghost, yeah. And I think you would just go, "Oh I, fuck it, I'm I, just going to piss about." Have a bit of fun with it. It felt yeah. a bit like Scooby Doo. Yeah, shit, a shit episode. Don't no, don't tarnish Scooby Doo with this brush. So he has a dream, as we're talking about, and Pasco <laughs> comes to him in the dream, leads him outside to the pet cemetery. Uh, which is feeling a bit more void-like, alternate dimension-like in this sort of sequence, and says, you know, don't, you know, don't go there. The ground is sour. Don't go beyond the barrier. Don't trespass beyond the barrier. Okay. Build a gate. Build once again a gate. That might solve a lot of the problems. I actually yeah. think, as much as I'm usually against this, build a wall. Yeah. Well, yes. That's <laughs> also that's a that's a more fortified response. I like it. <laughs> that would just stop. Um, it, it, yes, I agree with walls when they're stopping demonic entities and reanimated corpses. Yes. That is when I will agree with them. Mm. So he wakes up uh, in his little bed, Lewis, and his feet are dirty. So he wasn't dreaming. He actually did wander down to the pet cemetery. So um, disgusting. Tr- disgusting. You know, and how's no one noticing that? And you know, I would not want to clean those sheets. You know. I asked um, I asked John this question when we were watching this at the mm. weekend. Um, why is he wearing scrubs for pajamas? I honestly what? Why? I honestly thought that as well. So weird. I was I, right. w- I was watching it going. Does this guy just love being a doctor? I think John might be right. I think he's like a student doctor they've just roped in. To I, play don't, this character. I don't remember saying that. Like, no, what? No, what I said was, if you're a doctor, and obviously you know, I don't reveal too much about what I do, but I am a doctor, and uh, sometimes Absolute if you work, garbage. <laughs> But if you work, well, all right, well, you know, I'm not a doctor per se. But if you work, like, the ridiculous shifts that we work. Um, this is garbage. You, 
you would just go home shattered yeah. and just go to bed. Yeah, covered in blood and scrubs. No, it, they're fresh scrubs. Fresh scrubs. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. But he doesn't wear scrubs at work. He wears a suit and Good a point. doctor's jacket. And a doctor's jacket. jacket. No, what do you mean? He wasn't wearing scrubs, mate. No. no, but also they wear that for when they're having a laugh and that. Oh yeah, just chilling out at the bar. That's what that's what we did. That's how we know that's how we know yeah, that's how we know doctors. That's, do. that's how we know doctors are doctors, so that's solved that problem. Um <laughs> so uh, <laughs> During uh, Thanksgiving, while the family is gone, because uh, Lewis hates, uh, like, and, and Rachel's parents hate Lewis for some so reason. So awkward. Yeah, it's so awkward, so weird. Emma can maybe shed well, some more he's light. he's always wearing scrubs. <laughs> Doctor, what a wanker. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what happens in the book as well <laughs> just those two lines and that's it it's all uh, Emma, he's I'll, a I'll let you shed some light on it in a minute after we've, <laughs> after we've been through this um, but Ellie's cat church uh, as Judd did say was going to get run over is run down on the highway in front of the house realising that Ellie will be devastated Judd uh, suggests something very interesting to uh, Lewis says oh we're taking pets I'm not trapped uh, they go down Pet Cemetery, and uh, they go yeah. they go to the ah uh, oh, the old Micmac grounds ah oh, the old Micmac burial grounds without explanation. Uh, <laughs> Judd, uh, you know, takes him there across this barrier, buries him there. The Does, barrier, the, the barrier, and doesn't really say anything to him. <laughs> uh, doesn't really say anything to him. He's just like oh, you know, just uh, watch watch out for something. Just you know, have a watch out. Why isn't he just saying oh he's going to come back? You know what I mean? Like why is he not saying that? He uh, doesn't explain it. Properly in the book either. Weird. Just weird. Oh, right, okay. I'm telling you now, like, if you've got a dead cat in a bag, which yeah. is pretty much what he's got at this point. Yeah, cat in a bag. Once it gets to the point where it's like, you're best off burying him at the top of that mountain, you just fucking lob it in a bin. Like, <laughs> that's what would happen. And you go, do you know what? I'll buy like, a new one. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'll just get a new one. Oh, there must be a pet store around it. I'll get one that looks similar. Yeah. Put a little collar on it call it church all good yeah, there you go, yeah. um so they bury it in the micmac grounds and uh, obviously the next day church comes back to life um although he is a shell of what he was before he stinks like john <laughs> moves sluggishly like john and is vicious towards uh len oh sorry lewis no like john yes yeah, so uh judd <laughs> judd explains uh that he himself revived his beloved pet dog spot. in the spot um and then they have a little flashback scenes and the flashbacks in this film are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Unbelievable. So let's just run through that whole section. Uh, why do Lewis's parents hate him? Lewis's, why do Rachel's parents hate Lewis? Well, so basically, <clears throat> Lewis's, uh, when Lewis was first dating Rachel um, and secretly sleeping together, oh my God, uh, Rachel's father <laughs> tried to basically to bribe him by saying, I'll pay for you to, um, I'll pay for all of your medical school if you just leave leave Rachel but why he's a doctor man well because he didn't think he was he didn't think he'd ever amount to anything which is why you know he said I knew that this would happen at the funeral later on Um, that is awful and that he wasn't good enough for Rachel because of course they'd lost Zelda the other sister who I mean that We'll come Betrayal, on to that. Awful. We'll come on to that. Um, so they were quite protective, but also actually, Rachel's dad's just a bit of a dick. Yeah, he seems like a dick. Mm. And uh, let's, you know, let's... oh, and Lewis isn't Jewish. Oh well, fair. And let's talk about Lewis. Uh, yeah, well, Lewis. <laughs> and let's talk about uh, one of the biggest deviations uh, from the book that I can remember, um, which is the fact that these reanimated pets and reanimated people uh, act extremely differently in the book. Um, mm. as in they're not zombies they just want to eat people uh, they are more um, 
they more tell secrets and sort of what? They, they sort of communicate yeah, no, no it's genuinely true they actually act like themselves sort of but they're obviously <clears throat> different and then they tell secrets to loved ones and that ends up affecting people in very dark and mysterious ways more and i think i find it more scary than the fact they just come back and want yeah. to kill you so in the book you get more of a backstory about the micmac burial ground and and this is where we start talking about the wendigo as Ooh, well yeah. and, and the impact of this power up at the burial ground and, and past the the barrier that they walk through so actually in the book, they say specifically that of the animals have all been brought back. And at this point, you don't know anyone's ever brought a person back. Mm. Only Han Raddy the bull became violent. The rest of them just became a bit thick. Yeah. So they're just sort of a bit dumb. <laughs> and, like most um, animals, but yes. Yeah. But sort of vacant. What like, a stupid dog you got there. <laughs> but, so, Sit. so when Sit. you go back to talk about Judd's dog Spot, when he comes back, he's just sort of standing around looking ridiculous. And his mother's not terrified because he's not covered in fucking blood. Not Cujo Mark Two. Not yeah. Cujo Mark Two. Um, and one of the things that's really obvious when Judd's talking about this, that he's different, is that Spot just lets him wash him in the bath without even mm. um, like wash him. Whereas before he would <laughs> never let you bath him at all so right. he was just placid, placid. and stupid well you know there's nothing wrong with that like dead <laughs> it smelled, smelled like dead okay whereas yeah. in the film and i totally get why they've done this in the film they just make them horrible violent hideous animals <clears throat> so when church comes back in, in that bathroom scene in the film that ridiculous like oh hey i bought your rat and drops yeah it in the that's bath. weird yeah in the book i don't remember him shouting that out in the film they can talk the afterwards they can talk as well i'm they? just yeah. saying in the um <laughs> In, in the book, he um, he just appears sitting and swaying slightly kind of floppily on the toilet seat, like on top of the toilet Sounds while lovely. looking at Lewis. Yeah. Nice. But one of the best descriptive things in the book is that the animals just sort of can't quite walk right and they're kind of flopping around a bit like, I don't know, they've had a stroke. On or drugs something. or something. Yeah, or stoned. Drugged up animals. Yeah, that's in- it's it's interesting, isn't it? And, and we'll come on to the sort of human characters in a bit because that's, you know, they're, they're very different, as we've said. Like, they, they don't... Uh, just want to eat flesh and you know kill. yeah I mean there's no consistency there's no consistency you've got with the that. humans that are just absolute murdering psychos yeah and then a cat that's just a bit of a dick yeah, I mean he, he does scratch him once but that's it you know yeah. what I mean um, so unfortunately sometime later because as John said they didn't uh, baby proof the new house or you know and didn't just look after their children Gage is killed by a truck along the same highway that Church is the family is devastated as illustrated um, you know, by Lewis getting on his knees and screaming, no, John, uh, which was easily one of the highlights of the film. Yeah, I mean, just hilarious, isn't it? I mean, what are they... It's just like, it's the it's the Star it's the Wars... 80s. It's the 80s, the Star Wars one, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the Darth Vader, just the no... Yeah, but that, <laughs> they, they, they've got no excuse for that one because that one was in like 2005. I know, right? well, yeah, I mean, so, so that is awful. That is awful. Um, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? But I mean, that's that's all he's got in his locker. That guy, I mean, look, it was we all know yeah. he's not an actor. He's obviously a doctor that yeah. cast in this film. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you want out of him. But surely you'd, you'd watch that back afterwards and go, uh, can we just get rid of that scene? You'd watch the dailies and you'd be sitting there going, right, well, we have to reshoot that because it's awful. Or let's Don't think, say a word. Just, 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 you just, should just be like... Just look distraught, man. Yeah. <laughs> Rage. <laughs> Um, so yeah, different film then. Gage, Gage, bless him, gets absolutely splattered by the truck. Emma, any you want to talk about some of the scripted uh, descriptive details in the uh, book? Can I be honest? I don't actually because it was fucking traumatizing. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were saying it's it's quite traumatizing, I they, guess. Um, so they, one of the things they did well with this is that you saw his little shoes, and then like 
The, yeah, that was all right. The body bit. But in, so in the book, they describe it in like him going out the road going, it's his shoes and his jumper's been pulled off. And then they refer to, um, Stephen King refers to his cap full of blood. Basically, the kid's fucking mangled. It's horrendous. He, he was dragged hit- like 200 yards up the road. Yeah, and the thing is, you've been hit he by does. a truck and you're like, what, a two-year-old? So it's going to be a disaster. You can't do that in an 80s. No, you ca- of, course, of course you can't. Of course you can't. They, I mean, as we mentioned with Cujo last week, there was a twist in the ending that, you know, the book ends a lot harsher than, say, the film does. So it, that is also a similar sort of time frame. Judd believes that uh, introducing, to Lewis, introducing Lewis to the ritual ground was actually what caused Gage's death, the sort of betrayal of, you know, don't, you know, he was even warned, don't go past the barrier. He tells him the local story of a man named Bill Bateman, uh, who buried his son Timmy in the Micmac ground. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is just getting ridiculous. After he was killed in World War Two, and then Timmy returns, and, and this flashback's also hilarious. Timmy returns. Timmy Have returns. Have you ever played that game where you uh, like make up a story between loads of people? This is what this sounds like. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone gets three yeah. words each. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like the, that the game. flashback of like <laughs> them going to like uh, as an angry mob going to kill the reanimated Timmy. Um, literally had me in stitches. <laughs> They're how... they correct to do that, though. No, they are correct to do that. But but the, he's trying to escape, like the the man, and Timmy's the, the the father, and Timmy's grabbing him, going, "Me no live no more. Me hate living." <laughs> I had the subtitles on, and that is what he's saying. Is that and really I, what happens? I promise you, he goes, "Me hate living. Me hate living." I was just like, "Oh Jesus, man, this is awful." So this is quite a, a diversion from the book. So Len, you mentioned earlier about like when people come back, and yeah. I wanted to wait for that beautiful impression. To yeah, be honest. it is just like um, that. In the book, they turn up, and, and this is where you start to get the impression that there is something else afoot at the mm. Micmac burial ground. Yeah, in the um. <laughs> Timmy just starts telling the three guys that Bud's with and and Bud Judd the three guys that Judd <laughs> is with. I was thinking about buddies um, Judd and Judd things that no one else would ever know, like dirty, horrible secrets that he yeah. knows about them. But also in other voices. And one of the things we don't have in the film is Judd's wife Norma. Yes, which change I think changes Judd's character. Yeah, completely. He's a very solitary character in in in, in the film, which is not. It, Accurate. And she dies in the book, doesn't she? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Norma dies of normal circumstances. <laughs> well, she has a heart attack and <laughs> yeah, Lewis so, saves her. Yeah. And then um, then she does die a few months later. Yeah. And that's where you get um, a lot of backstory on Rachel and her sister. Yeah, makes sense though. That. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this is... so. Timmy is the first time that we really understand that there is something like a, a malevolent spirit. Yeah. Or, you know, we talk about the Wendigo that knows things and yes. is is making these reanimated humans fucking awful. But actually, Judd and his mates leave and it's um, Timmy's dad that sets the house on fire and kills them both because he can't... Yeah, he, ki- he kills himself, yes. Because he can't bear the idea that he's brought back some weird wormy in dungaree wearing freak. Well, you would be... You would be- very concerned. I mean, Lewis doesn't really get the hint. He gets several attempts at it in this in this uh, you know pet cemetery, and he doesn't, he doesn't really get the get the idea. He's not really paying attention, is he? No. Um, it's a bit weird that the, so the actor that plays Timmy mm. is actually the same actor that plays Lewis. Did you know that? Faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was just I was just sitting there going, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Is that true?" No, it can't be true. Anyway, moving on from this garbage that John's just making up, Lewis doesn't listen to. Uh, Judd saying the most famous line of Pet Cemetery, sometimes that is better. 
uh, doesn't listen to that line. Good that. And uh, unfortunately, and surely he should have gone. Sorry, that is that is uh, better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, butter. Yeah, so, batter. You do have to have the subtitles on with Jard, and it does help quite a lot. But um, he takes Gage, he digs him up, uh, which is very disturbing. He digs him up, uh, takes him over to the old uh, Micmac burial grounds, um, leaves him there. Can you stop calling it that? That's that what is, it is. I know, but that's what it is. Ah, <coughs> the old Micmacs. Um, and uh, basically, uh, literally minutes later, it seems Gage is you know back and. Somehow not mangled at all, absolutely fine. Just got really disturbed eyes, and is kind of reminiscent of um, Chucky and Child's Play oh, in a way. Um, that. That's sort. I mean, that's my honestly. I know we talk about hilarious films, but I did watch that very young Child's Play, and it, it really scared me for a long. Oh, that long is hilarious. It did. It, 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 it really. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, but it still disturbs me to this day, John. So mm. no Child's Play jokes. But in all seriousness, um, he he reminded me a bit of that. Thoughts on the fact that he's just come back as a homicidal toddler? Well, I mean, again, like, where's the consistency? Why, yeah. why is it that you've got? So Timmy is just. I mean, he's a bit. He was um, eating someone at one point. Yeah, I know, but... He turns around, he's got one of those fake arms. But then he randomly, he's just wandering around in the house. Like, yeah, I don't know what he was doing then. Yeah. But, um, Me no wanna people, live. <laughs> scaring people that are trying to put their washing out. Yeah. Um. You've then got this cat that's a bit of a dick. Like, oh, I'm having a bath here. And also, why are you scratching my face? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And then suddenly you've got this little kid that's just going on a, a absolute killing spree and he's he, he, he's like an assassin this kid he's, mm. t- he's taking down people but 10 times the size of him but by the throat with his teeth <laughs> <laughs> what the fucking hell what no, no I mean well, he's, he teamed up hasn't well, he let, with, uh, with church with churchy well let's talk about um, let's talk about Judd's demise so I was devastated because his undoing was the Micmac grounds after all this time he loved those Micmac grounds said our mm. Judd and, very uh, irresponsible. Very responsible. Very irresponsible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he goes uh, upstairs because he hears Gage being weird, and he knows that Lewis has taken him up there. Don't do it, Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, <laughs> don't you do it, Lewis? I know what you're thinking, Lewis. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. But in the book, the whole like retrieval of Gage's body is mm. so much longer and more detailed. Like he breaks, he he breaks into a graveyard, digs his son's body up, yeah. and then has to get out again. It, I mean, it's mental. Like yeah. the whole thing is insane. Yeah, he's that is heartbreaking certain... as well. Like when, like really when he's sad. when he's sitting there with a little little fella, yeah, in his arms. That yeah. is that is a killer scene. Yeah, um, obviously the actor is still confused, and yes. like, I think he's actually laughing during the scene. <laughs> Poor fella. But, uh, <laughs> the hysterical laughter here, please, uh, Lewis. D- Dave, or whatever you're called. Can you stop laughing, mate? Um, no. So Gage comes back, and and, and you know Judd, ex- uh, you know he's exploring, he's seeing uh, where Gage is in the house. Um, somehow gets bested by Gage. I have no idea how he gets his Achilles slip. Fucking awful. Um, it, you know. <laughs> So how, you know, that was quite a cool little horror moment. And then he's just given up after one Achilles' kit. He's given up. He, he, oh, it's his Achilles heel, isn't it? Well, very much so. But to be fair, the guy's like eight yard. Well, <laughs> you know, I expected more of Judd. And then Gage just climbs on top of him and This is what I'm talking about. Open. The zombie stuff. This is what I'm talking about. Makes it's, no sense. Makes no sense. But Gage is going for it. I mean, it was, look, I have <laughs> to say, this is the most horrific part of the film for me. Um, 
you know, like you said, zombie children, Emma, is, is very concer- you know, oh. dis- disturbing. And anyone that listens to our Walking Dead podcast will know that I have wanted to see zombies for a very long time. I still have not seen a zombie. Um, so maybe this is the closest I'll get to a zombie. Probably. Probably. So very disturbing. And, uh, you know, Rachel, after all of this has been going on, has been, she's back in Chicago after the death of Gage and she's recovering with her terrible parents. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, she, you know, Victor comes to her and says, you know, keeps haunting little Ellie. Uh, and Ellie's like, Pax Cow, Pax Cow keeps talking to me. And then she realises, oh, Pasco, that's that guy that died on my husband's table. Oh, something's up. I need to go home. She races home with a uh, new sidekick, uh, Pax Cow, uh, just helping her. Pax Cow, uh, surely. Yeah, no, it is. But I'm calling him Pax Cow from now on because it's better. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just giving little quippy remarks all the way, sitting on the airplane, like trying to be... It's like a sketch. I didn't really understand that bit at mm. all. It just became a bit farcical. It, it? it did. It became farcical. And then uh, she gets back, and this is hilarious. No. Um, sees little Gagey, and then she goes and gives her a little hug. Rips her throat out as well. Yeah, I was just. I, this is when I was in. Te- I was. I was not in tears. Laughter tears here, John. <laughs> I was. I was just like, this is mental. Even before that, can we not address the Zelda stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let, okay. Stuff. So Rachel obviously has a um, has a sister that we learn about uh, through another flashback. And actually, um, I know you don't like the Zelda stuff, but the uh, manifestation of Zelda in this film for me, was actually extremely horrific and actually quite scary. Mm. Um, creepy. It very creepy. It felt very surreal. Obviously, the flashbacks were filmed in that very sort of, you know, glazed over way. But it did feel to me like a genuinely horrific dream uh, and a very horrible situation that she grew up in. So for me, the Zelda stuff resonated in a way and it gave a bit of context to Rachel like I didn't have in the film before. And... and, and just the characterization of Zelda herself and the, the sort of spinal disease that she had and the way mm. she was portrayed was actually very scary. And I can understand Rachel seeing her in that in that Judd's room, Judd's bedroom, before she sees Gage. <coughs> very, very scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I don't disagree completely. I just... It, had, it felt like it had no, um, like, grounding. It felt like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Literally, I literally finished the book two hours before we watched the film. And in the book, there's so much more to it. Of course. Also, I'm pretty sure that spinal meningitis does not do that to you. No, but once again, it could be she was a child when it happened, so it's her interpretation inter- perception of what yeah. was going on. Um, yeah, maybe. You know, and, and, and that childlike nightmare has lived with her for her whole life, especially mm. that her... her um, her sister died on her watch. And, you know, Lewis says actually something that's quite uh, relevant in this scene. He's like, well, they should never have left you alone. No. With your very ill uh, sister. So that was quite good from uh, good old Dave and Lewis. But, um, you know, the Zelda stuff worked for me. It worked for me. Good, wasn't it? Yeah, it worked, it worked for me more more than a lot of a lot of the other beats in the film. I mean, my favourite bits of the film probably are Judd and Zelda. I've got um, to freak me out. Yeah. and uh, well, I just, just look. It's a uh, it's a guy, isn't it? A guy pretending to be. Yeah, it is. Is it? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Um, I think he was cast because of the way in which he moves and stuff. I don't know. Well, I thought the maybe, movie, like maybe he's like some very exorcist. It's very exorcist. It's very sort of you know. That's why I don't like it. It's very exorcist. Very sort of you know. <sighs> it looked very like a very possessed person. You know, it's the way yeah. she interprets it. But yeah, it really worked for me. Yeah. But Gage obviously just kills Rachel. 
Uh, we know that she's dead. Lewis wakes up, uh, sees, and this is quite creepy to be fair, and sort of reminds me of Child's Play once again, sees the sort of uh, little footprints um, just in the bedroom, sees that the scalpel is missing. I mean, this kid's got unbelievable dexterity for a uh, for a child of two, mm. um, reanimated, of course, and goes to explore the Judd household where he sees more footsteps. Um, he's also seeing visions of sort of demonic visions here. And we'll come on to that again in a bit when we talk mm. about the Wendigo. But uh, he goes upstairs. Gage is saying some extremely creepy things like, I've played with mommy. Now I want to play with you. Like that. Jesus. Yeah. That- Doesn't he call him in the film? Yeah, he calls him on the phone. Yeah. That is hilarious. Daddy, I'm a playing with Jada and the mommy. Like that. Yeah, I mean, that that scares me more than the film does, Yeah, to that's be fair enough. It is very disturbing. Yeah. I've been working on that. And, yeah, uh, clearly, yeah. He goes up there, has a little wrestle, which is just hilarious. It's stupid. It's well, hilarious. Like. It, but it's like Child's Play wrestling. And, and, and go back and watch Child's Play. You know, that doll trying to kill people is hilarious. How's he getting his mum in the fucking loft? I was thinking yeah. that. <laughs> that is a good question. Not only Come is on he, now. he's got her in the loft and hung her up. Yeah. That was awful. Um, I hang mommy with my small hands. No. <laughs> Who's helping him out? A fucking cat. Yeah. <laughs> Church. The Wendigo. Fucking uh, Well, you know. But uh, so, you know, the way that Lewis tackles this problem is using his doctor... Uh, degree to use uh, morphine shots, I believe it is. He's yep. over morphining the cat, so Church is dead at this point, and he says like, "Fuck you, furball," or something like Fuck that. Fuck you, dog. That yeah, annoyed that annoyed me. And uh, then he does the same to Gage because Gage obviously was not able to kill <laughs> Lewis. Lewis is sort of trapped in this sort of psychotic nightmare at this point, where he believes that he's he's lost it at this point. He's lost everyone. He's lost Judd. He's lost Gage. Uh, Judd. He, he, <laughs> Judd was a really important character for him, mate. He's, He's an old fella mate. that lives across the road. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Mate, I've got other mates. I feel he was closer to Judd than he was Rachel. I'll tell point. you who he was close yeah. to. That random guy that stops him from kicking off with his stepdad at the funeral. Oh, yeah, that was good. He just came no. out of nowhere. No. No. That's Surendra. It's Judd Sutton's funeral. Who? Uh, Surendra, who is um, one of the other doctors at the university. So That's what I'm talking about. So you don't know who he is in, in the, the film. In the book, him and Steve Masterson. Uh, I think that sounds about right. Um, yeah. These guys. Are both really close mates like Steve comes around that's the point I'm making and like takes care of Rachel yeah. which is why it makes no sense in the fucking streamlined isn't it <laughs> streamlined isn't it but um don't do it so he's lost his best friend in Judd he's lost uh, he's lost he's lost Gage <laughs> oh and now he's lost Rachel um, crazed he burns down the house and says well the reason it didn't work with Gage is because I didn't I didn't do it I didn't do it soon do enough I didn't do it straight away and it'll be okay he puts Rachel in the old Micmac grounds our Micmac grounds uh, rest don't in, do it rest, rest, <laughs> sometimes dead is bad up rest, rest in peace Rachel and uh, then he, uh, he he sits at home waiting for her to come back of course she does. This was also, as I said, very disturbing. Mm. She has like uh, good effects as well. She has like a part of her face completely torn off. Yeah, her face is leaking. Her face is like leaking, her eyeballs leaking. He gets an erection when he sees that. Well, He's going like, for it, mate. When they're snogging, at one point it dribbles into his mouth and he licks it. Uh, well, oh. that's good acting. I mean, Fucking very rank. good. Uh, and darling. Then, darling. Darling. And then she grabs the knife, cuts to black. You hear the screams. Yeah. We know uh, what's going on there. Yeah. Didn't like that. Didn't like that, did you not, Em? I didn't like the gooey stuff coming out of her eyes. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. Right. And like we discussed with Cujo last week, there was goo out of his eyes as well uh, in the book. Yeah, gooey eyes. So, that's the third thing Gujo. Stephen King's... <laughs> Cujo. That, that is the thing that Stephen King is obsessed with, gooey eyeballs. Um, mm. So, 
you know, that's the end of it. And uh, a very sad demise for Lewis. He was warned by Pax Cow. Uh, and, Pascal, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Pascal, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he didn't listen. So uh, let's talk about the Wendigo because basically... What about I, the bit where Pascal goes, no, as well? Oh, and then disappears. I, I, I don't... I, <laughs> just fades away. I don't think we need to talk about Best this anymore. Hilarious. So let's talk about the Wendigo because obviously in the book, the Wendigo is the demonic entity that is behind the uh, possession yeah. of these reanimated people and animals, more so the people. And he is the reason why this is all going on. In the film, you get one glimpse of what I believe to be the Wendigo. It just looks like me with a hangover. Um, uh, flying out of uh, the lake or something, like a giant head just flying out of the lake, um, which was very bizarre and didn't make any sense uh, in the film. But if you've read the book, it does make sense because it's obviously the Wendigo. So, um, let's talk about the Wendigo. Well, uh, you're more expert on the Wendigo than me. Well, uh, through my Castle Rock research, because uh, and if you're a Stephen King lover and you are just listening to this and you haven't seen Castle Rock yet, one of the theories that was going around with Castle Rock was that uh, one of the entities behind all of the evil that is going on around Castle Rock and Maine is the Wendigo and the Wendigo has uh, very similar powers to what was being experienced in the Castle Rock Maine show. And it also features um, in um, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, Yeah, it? I think that's right. Quite yeah. heavily. And we had a lot of emails in from listeners about the Wendigo so we have done a bit of research on him but you know. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Wendigo is Native American. <clears throat> he almost is, Almost yes. like a... Um, like a malevolent trickster. Yeah. It's kind of twist people's brains around, not literally. Lead people oh, astray, lead people astray. Like he lived in the woods, you know, like this is obviously in a wooded area. Like whisper and call <laughs> to you and make you do things. It, it, basically, and, and in the book, it was obviously very helpful to have this sort of entity there and not mm. just like, oh, they just come back as zombies and, you know, whatever. I mean, I understand why sometimes films do that mm. and we'll come on to the remake um, at the end of this I'm chat. For it, we'll, and maybe they will rewrite some of those wrongs and try and get some of the horror elements because no. the Wendigo... The, <laughs> <laughs> The Wendigo is is, is, a, is a horrific element that they sort of missed out on. Um, so let's hope they get back into that. But if uh, yeah, if you haven't read the book, please do read it. It's much better than the film. Ten the times film better. the film is perfect, perfect for a cheesy film night in with a couple of beers with your mates, whatever around or Halloween. Or on your own. Or on your own. I watched it on my own, and I was, as I said, did you? Yeah, I watched Fucking it on my own. Hell. Yeah. Let's talk about the remake. And we didn't plan this, and I'd, I would lie to you and say that we planned it, but we didn't. Uh, no, we definitely did. Yeah, we definitely did. The trailer was released last week for the remake of Pet Cemetery. This time, uh, from what the trailer reveals, it looks to be going to some sort of horrific roots more so <laughs> than, say, this comedy version. So, John, what are you thinking about the remake trailer? We were talking about it on WhatsApp, but what were you, <clears throat> you know, reiterate some of your thoughts here for the listeners, please. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, look, it's, they're definitely going to go down the route of trying to take it seriously i think so i think that's the right thing to do i think uh, kind of like i well I, I i don't mind if you if you're gonna remake or reboot something i guess technically it's a remake because it's not a series mm. um i know there is a pet cemetery too but um yes well we're not talking about that and we'll be doing that next Could in you imagine? two weeks no <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, uh, no, look, it's it's fair. Let's, you know, do something different. There's no way that they can remake this film and make it funnier than the original. So you might as well go down the route of let's make it scary. scary. Um, Looking at the trailer, looks pretty good. I think it's pretty cheap to use kids and masks. 
That shit's too obvious. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, um, and anyone listening, is obviously, who's been with us since Castle Rock, Kids in Mask is obviously very prevalent in that yeah. show as well. Um, so, hey, and obviously, in terms of budget, they've gone out and got that guy that's in everything, but no one knows his name. So Yes, that is true. Good. What is his name? Oh, he's in... He's that in the, guy that's in everything. He's in Planet Apes, and he's in Lawless... And, and he's in, uh, yeah, he's in loads of things. Oh, um, he's that guy. Watch the, the trailer thing. and you'll know who we mean, listeners. And if you haven't seen the trailer, do check it out. Um, especially after seeing this iteration, I think it'll be a pleasant surprise to see a more horrific uh, look at the new Pet Cemetery. That film is being released in the sort of first half of next year. April. April of next year. And we will, of course, be covering that on this podcast. Yeah. So very good to have this as a sort of reference point And then that as something to compare it to. Well... Okay, so just to add one more thing. Yeah. Um, John Lithgow yeah. is genius casting because he's a brilliant man and brilliant actor. Um, and I think he's going to be a great Judd. Um, but yes. he doesn't do the accent, does he? Well, you know, what the, you know, and you know what the thing about Judd is, as we've mentioned at the start of this uh, podcast, he has been excellently characterised and parodied across several... Um, several different formats ranging from South Park to other animations and you know he is such an iconic character in a way um, mainly because of his accent which is unbelievably yeah. hilarious um, and sort of the <laughs> idea of people being led astray to the Micmac grounds and all yeah. that sort of stuff so I really hope that Judd I mean Judd, Judd for me is the best thing in the film Oh, he's um, great, man. He's, so, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. the most consistent thing in the film. Again, if you're considering this is a comedy, and it is. Yeah. Um, he is, yeah, he's excellent. And yeah, so for me, the best thing in the film, so the thing I want to see replicated um, as good or, 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 you know, is Judd. Because for me, he's like the linchpin of the film. Um, so I really hope in the remake that's the case. Mm. The main thing is just get that horror ramped up. Just get that horror ramped up and make it a bit of a, of a scary experience for the audience. Yeah. Um, because there is a lot of horrific stuff in there. They just need to articulate it better uh, and translate it better from the book to the screen. Now we're going to move on to some listener feedback. I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red rum! Red rum! Creepy Gary! Creepy Gary! You flop! so uh thank you everyone for getting in touch and thank you for everyone who got in touch for the whole season in our stephen king retrospective we really do appreciate it and of course you can get in touch with us still at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com that is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or respond to any of our social media posts uh instagram is at fan underscore critical Facebook is Fan Critical. Just search for us on there and you'll see our page. And the Twitter is at Fan Critical Pod. We're very active across all three platforms as well as Reddit. So if you see any of our posts, feel free to reply with any thoughts you might have, anything you think we've missed from any of these retrospectives or Castle Rock, or just anything you want to say to us in general. We really do appreciate the feedback. First of all, uh, Ren has emailed in uh, and she's asked us a question about Castle Rock. So just to say, if you haven't seen it yet and you are just a Stephen King fan listening to this, this is a spoiler warning. Please skip ahead a few minutes. We're going to discuss a few details of Castle Rock season one. So just a quick spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it, do skip ahead a few minutes. 
Uh, Ren says this. Hi, everybody. Love your podcast. Uh, she's from the US and wanted to send uh, a li- in a little theory. So thanks very much for that. Thanks for the nice words about the podcast, Ren. Um, stay with me, if you will. In the last episode, when Henry Deaver holds the gun up to the kid in the woods, we see a flash of some demonic creature. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Some of the others didn't. That's me talking then. Uh, and this is Ren. Well, here's my theory. What if when the creature is the kid... When the creature in the kid is threatened at gunpoint, he reveals his true form. To back this up, remember when Lacey is in the un- in the underground sort of, you know, cage that he's formed with the kid? Yeah. He holds up the gun and the kid presses his face through the bars. What if Lacey has been doing this every year to remind himself of the reason why he locked this seemingly poor kid up in a dungeon for 27 years in the first place? On that theory, Ren, very good point. And we have said uh, in the podcast that I was a big believer that, that Lacey has seen... Uh, the true face of the kid as well uh, being his obviously an off-camera interaction uh, being his motivations for uh, capturing the kid in the first place but the idea that when he's threatened uh, people see that face is extremely interesting especially if we go back through the season and look at some of the characters who have been affected by him mm. uh, like the Nazi guy in a prison cell yeah. maybe when he threatened him he saw the true nature of the kid and that is what, what got him what do you reckon to that, that, that theory guys that well, when think, he's threatened you see you see his true form I think it's interesting maybe that's what the show is, is trying to get at because he's not very often threatened is he because he's powerful we, well yes as far as we understand <laughs> Bill Skarsgård isn't it um, <clears throat> yeah I don't think it's a I don't think it's wrong I think it's a really interesting theory um, I, I definitely think the idea that something happens where people will see his true form whatever they mm. is old creepy gnarly wizardy demon yeah. um, and whether that comes from fear that he's been you know he's in a position of uh, weakness or, yeah. or whether it comes from something else i definitely agree that that's what Lacey would have seen and that's now why henry has done the same thing yeah well i mean why not just shoot him if he's gonna appear as this what? creepy little old devil fella man. yeah yeah like, if, if it's that if, it, if it's that consistent yes. it's like every time i point a gun at him you know it gives me the look um, and not and not in a sensual way. Yeah, not in just your sort of way. Just fucking shoot him then. Like, yeah, I mean, that is interesting as well. I mean, we did talk about reasonable doubt and all that sort of stuff. But yes, if he did keep showing his evil true form, you'd well, be like, well... that would piss all over that. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a very interesting one. But I do believe that Lacey has seen the true form of the yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that for me is, is bang on. Otherwise, there's just no motivation. Why would he just randomly lock that kid up? I mean, obviously, he said he had instructions um, from the voice <laughs> of God, not like Ikea instructions. But, you know, so... It is interesting, and thank you for writing in, Ren. That is a, a theory that we we like. I like the idea of the threatening, revealing the um, revealing the true form of the kid, mm. and it's something that I subscribe to in terms of that Lacey had seen yep. the true form of the kid. Cheers, Ren. Yeah, thanks very much for writing in, Ren. We really do appreciate it. Any other theories on any of these Stephen King retrospectives? Do let us know. Mm. Uh, Mike has let us know his thoughts on Pet Cemetery. He uh, he watched it in preparation for this podcast, as I'm hoping uh, lots of you did. Yeah, it's nice that our listeners are are doing doing the homework that we set them um well and can we blueberry the homework that would be harsh wouldn't it that would be i mean i there's a lot of admin uh just with editing the podcast john um (laughs) i don't have time to be a teacher as well um not that i would be teaching anyone anything Mm, my thoughts are useless mike let us know this about his thoughts on pet cemetery after watching it watched it last night uh i think the thing that stressed me out the most was worrying about how the cat actor was made to do some of the things he did (laughs) uh poor kitty what the fuck great Uh, very very 
good point because like we said last week with Cujo, I was impressed with Cujo with all the jam he was eating last week and all the treats he was getting. Uh, he's doing well, a lot of acting. Five of the dog actors did die. Well, mental. And uh, well, no, no, that, that is isn't not true. that isn't true. It's Emma just trying to be right. sadistic. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the cat. I was impressed. To be fair, I was impressed by some of the stuff it was doing. Yeah. Um, it's glowing eyes, obviously. I'm sure it doesn't do that on cue, but I was impressed with uh, with some of the acting that the cat did. Yeah. Uh, most what the fuck line uh, Mike says, and I agree with him on this, and I didn't want to mention it until now because Mike's bang on. Um, when Rachel is trying to call home and trying to get hold of Lewis after Lewis has gone to the Micmac grounds to uh, bury Ga- uh, Gage, and she doesn't know that, obviously, um, the parents of Rachel, who we despise anyway, uh, are like, oh, don't worry, dear. Um, maybe he went out for a hamburger or a chicken dinner. You know how men are when they're left alone. Um, you're spot on there, Mike. That is easily the worst line of the week. Uh, if there was such a thing, or the no, I'm torn between the two. But um, what do you think about that, John? When I, I know you very well, and, and you know what I know what you're like when you're on your own. I'm, I, like, I'm hungry at the moment, so yeah. the idea of going out for a hamburger or a chicken dinner is yeah. excellent. Yeah, but you're not on your um, own, are you, right now? So. Bloody wish I was. Yeah, well, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's utterly ridiculous, but um, it is funny. It is funny, um, and again, if we are classifying this as a a comedy, and it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the best comedies in the last, you know, 20 years, years, twenty years, twenty years, yeah, thirty uh, 50 years, fifty years. Oh um, God, I, uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. It's uh, yeah. just hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. If someone does ask me, oh, I've seen any good comedies recently? Yeah, Pet Cemetery. Isn't that a horror film? Nah, mate, you just got to see it. it's hilarious. Yeah. That's what I'll be saying to people. Yeah, so, 100%. Um, thanks for writing in, Mike. Um, just to um, just to reassure. So. Uh, when it comes to church, yeah, and uh, and obviously uh, we all know, as with Michael the dog that that plays Cujo in uh, in Cujo, uh, yeah. anyone want to hazard a guess at the name of of church? Uh, as in the real life name of the cat? Yeah, <sighs> it's going to be something like Bingo or Brian. Uh, close. It's actually Stephen. Stephen. Stephen the cat. Stephen the cat. So Stephen the cat. Um, so what they did is they actually uh, they had a uh, a veterinarian on set. Was it Lewis? Because he could be a veterinarian. Ah, oh, I might be a veterinarian. <laughs> um, but, uh, what? So, Judd. <laughs> yeah, but I can't do an impression of Lewis. No, no you can't. Um, because it's just him just looking confused at stuff. Ooh. But they, they had a, a veterinarian on set um, that made sure that uh, that the cat was... Uh, Stephen the cat was, okay. um, was, was fine. And um, so that bit where the cat looks dead... Yeah. It's, you know, they've given it a little... Bit of sedative. Yeah, a little bit of sedative. Fair enough. I don't think you could do that these days, but fair enough back then. Yeah, well, back then you could. You could give it a little sedative. And and the bit where uh, Lewis looks like he's giving the sedative, um, that's just, I mean, it's not a real needle. Yeah, actually, it, yeah, of course. One of those Halloween ones. So, back because in. Stephen would have been furious. At yeah, that point. no one panic, uh, Stephen. No animals were harmed uh, on the making of Pet Cemetery, which yeah, is. I mean, uh, a few were killed, but none were harmed. None were harmed. It was instant. Uh, yeah. No. So yes, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for writing in, Mike. Uh, we'll let everyone know in the next few minutes what we'll be covering in the next two weeks. Um, and that's it for this week, everybody. Aww. That is it for this week. Uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, something that I thoroughly enjoyed, even though I know we've had a go at it. It was genuinely very fun Brilliant, to watch. It? it was very fun to watch. Like uh, more enjoyable than Cujo, but I enjoyed Cujo the book uh, more than I did Pet Cemetery the book, which is interesting as well. And Emma enjoyed the book and sort of enjoyed the film. Yeah, it's just that creepy kid thing, isn't it? Creepy kid mm. thing. Um, so all that's left to do 
is to tell everybody what we're going to be covering in two weeks' time. And I think we've been doing a lot of animal-based stuff recently, and I, you know, I'm going to move Whoa. us. I'm, I'm going to move us away from the animal sector. Um, so the thing that we're going to be covering in two weeks' time is a classic, and I've decided to tell everyone that we are going to be covering misery yes! in two weeks' time. Oh, yes. Um, uh, yeah. So next week, in two weeks' time, misery. Very excited for that. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a very good adaptation. I think. Um, mm. I, haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for a long time, but I remember actually thinking this is disturbing and this is very unsettling. So, oh, every- I'm excited. Everyone, uh, yes, your homework. Misery. Two um, weeks. Some actual real actors as well in misery. Yeah, some decent stuff going to be <laughs> yeah. happening in that film. Mm. Um, so I want to say thanks to everyone once again. Uh, thanks for listening to this. Thanks for the continued support in the off season of Castle Rock. And of course, now we're switching our focus to Stephen King retrospective. So that Ooh. will be the case for a while. Um, and as I said, please do subscribe if you've enjoyed this. Please do uh, check out Fan Critical for The Walking Dead. Any films that we're doing, our Halloween content that's coming up. Um, please do subscribe to that channel as well. It's the same gang of people. We still talk the same, but now just about different things, <laughs> not just Stephen King. Uh, so I want to say thanks to Emma. Thanks, good night. I want to say thanks to John. Cheers, mate. And, uh, you know, sometimes dead is better.